Okay, it actually worked this time without me having to redo the settings. No. <laughs> wow, can you believe it? No. <laughs> Except your camera's black. So I got a doozy for us today. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you listened oh, to the yeah. show notes? Uh, yeah, they looks all pretty terrible, except for maybe the last two. I know! It's so yeah. bad! It's all, it's fucking complete doom and gloom. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. uh, if you're ready to go, I'm ready to go. Okay. Coming in hot! <laughs> fucking somewhat competent podcast. High energy, positive thinking all the time. I'm Canada, that is Matt, and uh, this is Somewhat Competent. It's a news show. Dear listener, you have tuned in to Somewhat Competent with your hosts, Canada and who's got COVID, we're currently leaving meals outside his door and he has his own bathroom. Um, okay. <laughs> that actually sounds like fucking heaven to me. Leave me the meals outside my door and I'll take my own shits. Thank you very much. Um, but that, that spurred a bunch of COVID research because now it's not just some ethereal thing that's been going on for three years. It's an ethereal thing that's been going on for about a week in my house. Um, yeah, yeah. It's tangible. It's tangible. It's in reach. So, I think I might, I might have, I might have these two stories out of whack. So I'll do the second one first and the first one second. Okay. So you're can going. I just, can I just? Can I read the title? Yeah. You are going to get COVID again and again and again. Yeah. I mean, Fucking long COVID. Yeah, that's that's a note I put in. Um, uh, it's not it's not in the Atlantic fucking long COVID. Um so basically um our immunity to COVID nineteen, if you can call it that, even with the vaccines and being infected naturally, only lasts so long. And the jury's kinda out on how long that is, but it's looking like you you are probably going to get infected once every three years on average so far. Maybe that's just because everybody's been infected once and it's only been going on for three years, but that's really not the case because I know somebody who's caught it twice um, in in the course of like a year. So, um, and and the reason why is article one here that I put second is that... um, you're you're infectious for like five to ten days after your symptoms go away. You're basically a petri dish of COVID still. Okay. Um, and that's why the tests don't seem to work right. Is you don't have enough COVID in your system during to the first, test during the first three days to test positive. So you're just super infectious and super sick, and it keeps saying you don't have it. 
That makes me wonder if I really did have it recently. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they're like, oh, Russia didn't get tested, and then you get tested, and it's negative, and it's like, the the most accurate test is going to be a blood test, and they're not doing those, so. Right. And, then, and, of course, the only test I took was the, you know, fucking raping my nose situation. Yeah. 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 I, I just did one of those the other day, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really, it's not that bad. It's not. It just makes your head tickle. Yeah, real bad. Which, very tickly. Which is like not a sensation. It's it's the first time I got a COVID test was the first time I felt that sensation. And uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, in my thirties to have a first time sensation is a bit weird. It's I don't know. So when you were a kid, you never shoved your pinky as far up your fucking nose as humanly possible, like up to the third knuckle? You know, I might have, but my pinky's not a fuzzy Q tip, so oh, Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll just say I've experienced that sensation before via the pinky shove. Okay. I was just trying to test the the the, the limits of the human body. Like, well, how <laughs> far? Can, you know, once you get past a certain area, it feels really weird back there. It does. <laughs> it does. It's a big. It's a big open cavity above your mouth. Yeah, it's um, real weird. Yeah, we probably shouldn't know what that feels like. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anyway, so without the we're we're in the middle of like another wave, and the wave I don't think is going to end anytime soon. Um, but now I mean now we're just galloping into the next story real quick, which is that Omicron okay. killed more kids than the flu in a month than happens really? in a year, and this, so now the kids are susceptible. The kids have always been susceptible. So, like, people, denialists, we'll call them, maybe, they, they want to downplay the severity of this, this contagion, um, regularly cite that, like, uh, the flu has killed more kids than COVID. Right. They, this, is, um, this is where my, like I said, my research on the subjects actually began. Um, there's the NCHS and the NCIRD in, they are both branches of the CDC. Okay. I can't remember what they stand for and I'm too lazy to read the article right now. Okay. But one of them counts disease, one of them counts deaths where it is exclusively COVID that killed someone, right? Okay. And the other one counts it where COVID was involved in killing someone. Right, right. It may have been the catalyst, but some other thing did it. Yeah. So, like, if the kids got leukemia and they've got COVID, leukemia killed them, but COVID didn't help. Yeah, COVID weakened them enough so that the leukemia could kill them. Yeah. And, um, well, when people cite the numbers that flu, the flu kills more kids, they're, they're citing the NCIRD uh, branch. But, okay. uh when you look at the exclusive deaths, like I, I included a chart in the show notes, it's brutal, dude. It's like, I can't remember what the number was. I think it was like 500 or 600 kids died last year of COVID. Okay. Um, but if you use the same numbers that are the same methodology, which the article I read stressed that you shouldn't be doing, you know, you shouldn't be using this methodology almost ex- like at all. Okay. Um, unless you're a doctor, the if you 
if you extrapolate the same way that we come up with deaths that have been impacted or contributed to in some way by COVID, it's a quarter million. Whoa. Yeah. So Whoa, that's, that's a, a big that, that's a, that's a quarter big jump million kids that, that died who also happened to have COVID. And when I say kids, I mean 17 and younger. Wow. Yeah. And that was All last right. year. That is something else. And that we thought, oh man, okay. Yeah. And, and, and that's a big jump. That's a big jump from over 500 to uh, 250,000. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge jump. But the, the actual number of people, this is like people like to, people that I know who don't want to take COVID very seriously are like, oh, you know, if they had COVID and they got into a car accident, they'd list it as a COVID death. And it's like, no, only the NCIRD would do that. <laughs> right, right, right. Because right. they're like, couldn't drive because incapacitated by COVID, some contributing cause. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. You could say driving under the influence of COVID is 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 akin to, to driving under the influence. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, hey, I've never had it yet, but my roommate's got it, so I'm just waiting. <laughs> I, I, I swear I might have had it twice, once at the very, very beginning. I don't know because I never had a positive test, right? Mm-hmm. But both times that I thought I had it, it was like I was drugged. A few weeks ago, it was like that for me. Like I was just laying around. I couldn't get the energy to do anything. I just very, slept for like five days. Very, very discombobulated. Very disassociated. The world was very far away, and I was just like, uh huh, oh my god. So, like you know, luckily uh, I didn't have to drive under those conditions. My my work was like, please don't come in, and so I just <laughs> stayed home and worked from home. You know. Yeah. <laughs> works meaning you stared at a computer and drooled <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was a lot of that i'm gonna say it was not the most productive week at all oh man interesting man so you know we're killing kids with covid well and that's what it that's the gist of this is like um covid is gonna keep infecting people it's gonna infect people over and over again your best chances of coming out without lasting effects are a vaccine. And even if you get the vaccine, there's this problem they're calling long COVID where you have enough, you have enough antibodies to resist being very sick, but your body is not capable of fully getting rid of the disease for weeks. And and because of the nature of COVID-19, it, saturates the entire body and does its damage to things like kidneys and liver and you know this shit that has nothing to do with the respiratory system it's just uh-huh. that it travels through the respiratory system okay so long covid is scary as hell and they don't know whether or not getting infected multiple times increases or decreases your chances of getting long covid okay so uh yeah! Yay! <laughs> Fuck yeah! A long COVID. Yeah. High energy. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't wait to see what the future holds. Yeah, I mean, it's. I've got three articles here, and they're all scary as hell. Um, but the I, I was looking around. I found this last one on Reddit, and then um, 
Well, somebody had the, the the little pearl of wisdom that you can't die from COVID. The kids can't die from COVID if they're murdered at school first. Yeah, that's Citizen Fifty One on Reddit. If anyone wants to, call, you know, <laughs> dial them up and give them props. Yeah, um, Citizen Fifty One. I do a lot of time on Reddit and Uh-oh. like it's an international community there and it really highlights just how fucking ridiculous we look to the rest of the world having like when I wanted to do some research on the school shooting I had to narrow it down to the one in Texas because right. we've had like three shootings in this last week two of which involving children um and I was aware of Buffalo and the Uvalde one, but I was not aware of the other one. Yeah. Um, <sighs> the other night when I was uh, I was talking with somebody and, I, and we were trying to look it up and it was like school shooting, school shooting where, you know, like school shooting in Texas. Was the one in Texas the one I wanted to research? I don't know. Turns out it was. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and that, that's, I mean, that's just the news pulling up results from this year, and and the, the major news networks don't really cover shootings anymore because there's this belief that it somehow contributes to more shootings, but they haven't really been covering shootings for a while, and there's continued to be shootings every week, and they're either at schools or just like. Some there was some random block party in Charleston that I was reading about today. They yeah. like they they injured like a dozen people, and one of them was well, several of them were sent to the hospital, and one of them was seventeen, just a seventeen year old kid at a block party, and somebody shows up with a fucking gun. Yeah, it, it's it's really it's really numbed me up to be honest. I mean, I I. Uh, it's like I care, but like I'm powerless to do anything and I'm numb to it. And I, I'm not saying that as like, oh, how great is that? Fuck yeah, I'm numb to mass shootings. Um, but I am. You it's, know? A, it's a disturbing insight to have about yourself. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I feel almost nothing. I mean, sometimes I see the pictures and that gets a little something. Like I saw the pictures of the kids. There's a picture going around the internet of kids barricading the doors with desks and tables. And that one got me a little bit. Yeah. These little, these little rascals have to fucking defend their own lives because law enforcement won't rush into the building. (laughs) It's true. And I, I was like, that can't be, this has to be, please tell me this is propaganda by the fucking defund the police people. It's not, right. it's not no. the, the, I read an article, um, from the Texas Tribune. So it's like, it's pro Texas. Yeah. And, um, they, the police were trying to give various accounts of what happened, like trying to heuristically find the best angle to represent them being a bunch of cowardly bitches because <laughs> they're like, 
a police officer showed up and engaged with the, you know, with the suspect before they went into the school. And then they realized that sounded bad because they engaged without shooting. And it's like, and police were there within four minutes and they weren't, they were there in 12, which, Hey, okay. 12 minutes is pretty good, but not fucking fast enough. Right. And, and then they did in fact, run into the building. Cops with kids ran into the building, got their own kids out. And then, prohibited other people from going in and doing the same thing. And it's like, uh, and then they spend an hour waiting for, I don't know, the guy to run out of fucking bullets. Like, yeah. And, and there's a, there's a nat- fucking Donald Trump instigated a national change in the way that police are supposed to handle these things. They're supposed to run in guns blazing. That is the official policy of the federal I, I government. Didn't, I didn't know that. I actually didn't know that. Like, take take the shooter out at all costs. Yeah, go in there. And, and, and that's the thing is, like, I get it. You're scared, right? There's a guy with a gun over there. But we give cops bulletproof fucking vests, shotguns yeah. with slugs that'll tear apart a bulletproof vest, guns, the authority to use guns on people that scare them in the hopes that they'll be scared enough of somebody to put on all that fucking gear, run in there and shoot them to protect children. And I, yeah, I, I, it boggles my fucking mind how a guy could have all that power and all that authority and go home and sleep at night after a day of doing nothing. It's really wild. And especially went since like, you know, around 2012, 2013, we essentially militarized most local police forces. Yeah. Like the, the amount of gear and stuff that was sent to them and the, the quality of the said gear compared to what they used to be working with. Like, yeah, we've armed them up. We've given them the tools, man. And I, I, I can understand where they might say, well, we're afraid of creating even more chaos by going in there like what if more children die because of us sure or or you could go in there and stop it and shut the fuck up like (laughs) (laughs) like i don't know man like it's really messed up here's here's an interesting point i heard on the internet that this talking point like saying it's really the cop's fault uh which I, I tend to agree with in this case when they had the power and ability to stop it, but it could be argued that it's a talking point to deter from the gun control issue. I uh, can, so I can see that logic, but to me, they just, they go hand in hand, you know, like um, the, the, the need for, gun legislation reform we'll call it instead of fucking gun control like just just right. any kind yeah. of legal change to the system right like that goes along with the conversation of like it is just a part of the conversation of school shootings and shootings in general is like we need the cops to cover this this legal shortfall that we have right and it's their fucking job to do it <laughs> You know, it is 100%. And I tell you what, man, they don't seem to have a problem shooting, shooting black unarmed citizens, uh, you know, in a disproportionate rate to other classes. So how come you couldn't run in and shoot this guy? You know, Um, because he was armed. Yeah, exactly. 
it like they're they're big and bad when they when they have somebody over a barrel, but they can't. I mean, yeah, the, most bullies are, you know. Yeah, and I I hate to use that stereotype of police, but you know, I saw this yeah. meme, and it's like if the police aren't there to protect you, then they're just there to oppress you. Yeah, you know, and one hundred percent. I've always held that they're. They're an institution to enforce municipal laws and collect money for the municip- municipality, mostly. That's their primary function. Makes me a little nauseous. Or maybe that's yeah. like the 14 cups of coffee I've had today. <laughs> that probably doesn't help any. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I didn't mean to, but today I just I started researching and it was all bad news. You know, it's like you're and it was like, like oh, another cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah, you're contagious forever. You're gonna get it over and over again. It kills kids. And by the way, cops are cowards. <laughs> so why don't you put some more caffeine on that and ramp up those nerves even more? <laughs> <laughs> it says, but yeah, man. Go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. I pulled out a quote. It is former Austin and Houston Police Chief Art. I want to say Avocado Acevedo. 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 We'll go with that. Um, he Avocado. says, yeah, we don't have all of the, all of the particular, right. And we don't have all the particulars right now, but when gunfire is ringing out with police, can you read this for me? I've had too much fucking caffeine. Well, yeah. It, it, and it's written kind of funny. We don't have all the particulars right now, but when gunfire is ringing out with comma, police are trained, expected and required to engage, engage, engage. This is a moral and ethical obligation. And I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, if not the police, then who, and then the police are going to actively stop other people trying to engage. And like, they put one lady, they, sorry, go ahead. They put one lady, the U S fucking marshals were there and they put a lady in handcuffs who was trying to get in to get to her kid. And all I could think is if all of the parents that were there trying to get to their kid ran in as a group, they could get this guy. Some of them would die, get shot at least, but they'd yeah. be able to protect their kids. I remember when I was reading about that, there was a story we did a long time ago about a shooting at a party. And instead of running, everybody grabbed paving stones and beat the guy to death with them. <laughs> All right. That's the mentality that we should have around school shootings. <laughs> I mean, like straight up, straight up, you know, listen, I, I, I got this story from my friend Mickle, so I don't know if it's how accurate it is, but he talks about how monkeys deal with threats, monkeys slash gorillas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Say, say there's a bunch of a tribe of monkeys living in a grove of trees and uh, a tiger shows up. Instead of running, they all get down on the ground and surround the tiger. And they're like, motherfucker, we will kill you. That sounds right. I mean, at a, at a bare minimum, they scream at him as a group and let him yeah. let him know that they're seen. Which, yeah. to the psychology of a cat, is really the worst thing that could happen. Because, like, a cat doesn't know it, know it. But instinctively, they understand if they get cut... They're going to get an infection and they're going to die. Yeah. They, they know not to get hurt. They don't want to get hurt. Yeah. They're just trying. Yeah. Which, which sucks about this metaphor is we're giving uh, these kinds of shooters too much credit. I think they want to be seen. 
I think this is a half of them probably are deeply mentally disturbed and they, this is the only way they feel they're going to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, fuck them up. I don't know what else to say. Hey. I, I, I wish I had something like intelligent to say, but like, and I can't say if I were there, if I'd have the fucking cojones to run in there and save them kids, but like, fucking run in there and save them fucking kids. All it would take would be one brave man. Do you understand? And by man, I mean human. Mm-hmm. Uh, one brave human in the right place at the right time to have put an end to that shit. Yeah. One. You know? Mm-hmm. One, one, one brave person to fucking sneak up behind the motherfucker, snatch that gun, and shoot him in the fucking face. And if, you know what, if I had a bulletproof vest on, I'm going to say my willingness to perform that action would have went up by about 150%. Yeah. 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 I, um, I know that if I had the equipment and I was faced with a scenario, there's no way I wouldn't act. And this goes back to police pretending they're the military versus someone having been in the military not to fucking polish my own dick here but like <laughs> i i was giving it a good spit shine but i appreciate the i appreciate the sentiment though i, I like i couldn't like when i was in the military cops would come up to me and they'd talk to me and they'd want to be one of the guys you know yeah and it's the only group of people that the cops go go try to be like that they have like some form of respect for sure yeah, and I mean, like, it's, I mean, it's selfless service. Shouldn't that be the fucking motto? You know, like, just serve and protect is like the supposedly, <laughs> supposedly the slogan. You know what I mean? But <laughs> I forgot because they don't do it. Yeah. And, and like, I know that, that like, when, when you and I were on the streets, there were a few times where I stuck my neck out to protect people. Like, like I know that about myself that I'll do that. And I think that, you know, if you and I were together, the peer pressure would be enough between the two of us that we would be incapable of standing by. Oh, and that's, that's especially true. That's especially true. If, if I had a group of friends with me and I knew they were, we all had each other's backs to stop something bad. Uh, there's a specific time. I remember a man was harassing a woman with a bloody face and like, we made him leave her. I don't know if you were part of that group, but I think you were. And you know what? It was easy. Cause there was five or six of us and we were like, nah, dude, you're going now. Yeah. <laughs> you're going, you're going bye-bye. Go away now. And, and the woman thanked us and we all felt better for it. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, I don't know if we would have had bulletproof vests. We de- like, we didn't have any of those things. We lived on the streets and had nothing, no means of protecting our guest self against legal repercussions. If we had to beat this guy's ass, we could have went to jail for it. And I'm pretty sure we were all willing to beat the guy's ass if it was necessary. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I Again, I got in a fight on top of the sheriff's office to protect a teenage girl. <laughs> like, like, fuck you, police. Holy shit. Gross yeah. balls. It, it is weird, man. And like, again, I, again, I, I still, I probably think as much as I'd hate to admit this, I probably fall more 
on the spectrum of coward to hero, I probably fall a little bit closer to coward than I do hero. Uh, but still, man, I, I, it's hard. It's hard to like not be judgmental about this. Yeah, but like, you and a gang of your friends would stand up for somebody when you're unarmed, and police are a gang of friends who are armed. They should, they should be more than capable. <laughs> You know? Yeah, well, I, I hope they all have fucking horrid traumatic PTSD about it. Yeah. And I don't usually, I usually <laughs> don't wish these kinds of things on people, but like, you know, you get what you deserve. Well, I mean, I feel the same way about shooters. Like, I am against capital punishment 100%. They're, like, I can twist any argument around to point out how, like, that's a bad idea. But yeah, when yeah. One, pulls yeah, 100%. A gun, when somebody pulls a gun on an unarmed group of people, I hope they get beat to death with fucking paving stones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, uh, yeah, because in general, like, I don't ever want to participate in the justice system because I, I almost, almost never even believe in guilty people. It's, there's just bad situations and and bad lives that have like added up to this moment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, like you said, it, beat them with paving stones. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if if they're after kids, like, just strangle them to death. <laughs> just, just fucking form a man pile and somebody, two hands from two different people around the neck. Make it a group. <laughs> just, just strangle him to death while he pumps rounds into you. It'll, you'll die a hero. <laughs> well, no, like, like, okay, I was thinking about it, right? Like, six people <laughs> in two lines. Uh huh. Uh huh. Your most dedicated people running up front. Like you can take a few steps after you get shot. I bet. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. From what I understand, you can. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how strong these rifles are. I don't know what the blowback on them is. But you know, adrenaline's a son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Now, now I'm going down a rabbit hole. I'm like, hey, if we fall two lines, <laughs> <laughs> three people each. And do a f- serpentine flanking. Serpentine <laughs> flanking. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking nonsense. <laughs> too much caffeine. Yeah, to me, to, to me, see, I'm the rabbit hole I went down is you got to pull a Metal Gear Solid and like hide under a box and sneak up on them. Dude, you, turn- you get 10 people who are dedicated to the cause, all of them trying whatever video game shit they came up with. Somebody's going <laughs> to fucking come out on top. Yeah, yeah. Just work as a group, like the monkeys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking hurl garbage cans at them. Do what you got to do. Dude, put a whole garbage can over the top. You got to. Well, you know, here, okay, here's the fucking, here's the fucking stupid part. The, the people who didn't do anything also had guns, which work at a distance. Oh, <laughs> uh, and they were, and they were using that authority to suppress people who were unarmed who wanted to go do something. Yeah. So speaking of children who are in serious duress, yeah. Um, this time, like actual babies, um, TikTok. We talked last time about how TikTok encouraged a child to strangle herself to death. Yeah, because TikTok is a as a fine new cancer of the internet. It's super bad. Um, well, people are just there's there's a. If you don't have a kid, you might not know this. There's a baby formula shortage. Yeah, there is. 
And so people are sharing TikTok videos of how to make baby formula. But <sighs> these people aren't pediatricians with biochemistry degrees, so they don't know how. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's pediatricians trying to be like, they're, they're, last time the kid's parents were like, hey, could you maybe stop this TikTok? And then this time it's the pediatricians being like, hey, TikTok, could you maybe stop this? So we'll see what happens next episode with could you please stop TikTok? Do, do we know anything about these? T- well, let me click on the article and act like I actually do stuff. Okay, do we know anything about these dangerous fucking formulas? The one that stood out in my head is that like it was like deep hitted dates or something, you know, like date powder or something. And um, uh, you know, just like your various hot button hippie holistic ingredients. Did did you? Yeah, that's the what's got me really worried. Did did you know that um, for the six first six months of life, you absolutely cannot give a baby honey. I've heard it, that. It'll it will straight kill them. It'll straight kill them. Their body's not equipped. They don't have the the pro the enzymes to digest it, and they have like a severe, basically like a severe allergic reaction. Now that's like armchair bro science, but like no, honey will kill your baby. Don't give your fucking baby any honey, okay? Like, don't <laughs> so, don't fucking do it. Yeah. Well, I hope that doesn't find its way. You know, some fucking toxic motherfucker would put that up there. Or some stupid hippie who doesn't have a child who's trying to be like a guru. Be like, oh, just mix the date powder with a little bit of milk and honey. And it's like, oh, thanks. You just made baby poison, you fucking dreadlocked idiot. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. As a former dreadlocked idiot, you can say you can say shit like that. And hey, mo- hey, most hippies, I I, I like I I I like like you. Yeah. I, yeah. I, like, I don't trust you intellectually, but you yeah, you're usually a okay. positive influence as long if as you're I, not a misogynistic prick claiming to be a warrior of light. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> as a side note, I would just like to say 90% of light and love hippies are the most toxic people I've ever fucking met. Oh my God. And they have this, this unspoken cultural thing going on where they'll like call somebody negative and really all they mean is that negative person won't give them free shit. Uh-huh. 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 You know? like, yeah. I, I've heard these coded conversations get, for the listener, Matt and I met in Eugene, Oregon, which is like the hippie hobo capital of America. Yeah, and, it's woo woo central. And they, there's entire like there's entire communities of people who have never like actually taking the time to get to know somebody who isn't what you would call a hippie. Right. Um, and these people will move in from out of town and they see this magical community of all these people. They don't understand that the way this magical community of hippies operates is new people come into the group. And if they aren't super cool, according to the group, they'll just get extracted for resources and cast <laughs> to the side as a negative influence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Or and, and um, if you call out their pseudoscience, you'll be called negative. Listen, I, I want to tell a quick story once. Please. I knew I knew this hippie. We're gonna call him Scout because I can't remember his real street name, but we're gonna call him Scout. Um, he kind of looked like a he kind of looked like um a, um an Amish person, but not really like an Amish person, 
like because he had like the thick beard and the thick curly hair and he'd kind of dress like a he kind of dressed like an intellectual country bumpkin mm-hmm. you would know him if i remembered his name you would know you would know specifically who i'm talking about um and he was telling me he's like dude did, did there's a time the real first year you know the real first year and I said, well, you know, a year is an arbitrary unit of measure that re- measures one revolving around the sun. He says, no, 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 the real year. I almost like, well, what? I said, well, what designates that as real? And he's like, well, dude, you know, it's the real year. And I'm like, no, 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 no. A year is arbitrary. It marks one spot of a revolution around the sun. You could technically start the year on any day. And as long as you're marking the revolution around the sun, it's a year. And he said, no, 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 the real year. I said, what makes it the real year? And this other hippie was like, if you just shut up, maybe you'd learn something. And I'm like, yeah, no, (laughs) you're, you guys have serious, like intellectual deficiencies here. Like you're not understanding why there is no such thing as the real year. Do you mean the very first moment that the sun was put into revolution? I mean, the earth was put into revolution around the sun. Do you mean that very, very, very first moment that that ever started happening? Sure. That's the real year. Other than that, you're talking about arbitrary bullshit. Yeah, it's if you smoke enough pot and bliss out hard enough, fucking anything seems magical. Yep, yep, yep. Like exactly. And if you have an ego-driven need to have access to special knowledge and to waver that above people's heads, you'll also believe it too because it suits your narcissistic ego problem. Yeah, I, which is I do too because science tells me that years are arbitrary, and I know that. <laughs> well, it, but it. it you can, you know, between the two of us, we can come up with an explanation of why that is and explain it to somebody. But two hippies who are blissed out in on some sort of ego trip can't. They're just, they're yeah. just like, you have to understand the frequencies of the magic of the universe. And it's like, I, I've been there. I dropped acid and then I came back. Uh Uh listen i thought i was jesus at one point and i could have told you why too but you know what i had i i actually uh i suffer with psychosis when i'm unmedicated and one of the psychotic episodes i had i came back with a uh a very strong memory for somebody who is uninitiated into the world of psychosis you can have vivid life experiences that never happened and get filed away in your memory as like an actual life event and yeah, impact yeah. the way you think for the rest of your life. And for me, there was this, this belief that this memory that formed of me being an ancient alien who was a pilot in charge of piloting a colonist ship from another galaxy to this planet here specifically to seed life. That was a real thing. And I fucked up and I killed all my passengers. Right. And so it's just me alone on earth for eons. And I have memories of places along that timeline. Right. Yeah. And if I were less fortunate to have the cognitive tools at my disposal, I would think that was my actual origin. Well, you know, I am actually more akin to believe that than this kid knew what when the real year was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm more Canada. Hey, I'm cool with it. Hey, you know, I mean, I also have another one, just while we're off on this, where I'm a snowboarder. 
and I have this really supportive girlfriend and my career is super stressful as a professional snowboarder. Yeah. And I remember vividly being in a heap on the floor in the kitchen and her comforting me. And it's such a real visceral memory that I'm trying not to cry talking about that event. Yeah. Hey, dreams are like that too, man. Dream. <laughs> it's just, it happened while you were awake. That's all. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I don't think you're a snowboarder though. I, I don't know how to snowboard and I, I don't think you have the balance for it. Dude, I longboard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe you do. I could probably figure it out. The thing is, I was talking with a snowboarder this winter, and I was like, she's she was uh, inviting people I knew to go snowboarding with her, and bless her heart, she wasn't. She was like, we can go cross country skiing or something, because I don't have the 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 core strength to get uh-huh. up if I fall over. Because you just kind of have to, like, will yourself up from the ground using your core strength. And and she could tell I didn't have that. So she didn't want me to get out there and be devastated and embarrassed. But Big belly boys unite. At some point, I'm going to be in shape enough to snowboard. And I'm going to do it in honor of the fucking fictitious relationship that existed in my head. (laughs) Hey, now this this might be some hippie woo-woo stuff. While it may not be real and you shouldn't build your life around it, the experience itself was real enough. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hey, it's still, it still shaped your emotions. Yeah. And that's the it, wild thing is, I guess that's the part I'm trying to get across to the listener is like, not all of my life existed. You know, I right. have, I have in a, days worth of memories, at least of, lives that i didn't live that shape who i am you know man okay i know what it is to carry the weight of a spaceship across space with my mind okay like i know what that (laughs) feels like (laughs) (laughs) i i I totally understand i I know what it feels like to 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 levitate and and move yourself through the will of your soul because of intense constant reoccurring dreams and that's how actually how i know i'm dreaming i'll be like wait a minute i'm using the the power of my will to move myself uh, through space i must be dreaming (laughs) (laughs) oh i guess i'm dreaming again um i was gonna say i can see your face i was like without looking at the screen what the fuck are we talking about (laughs) i was trying okay what i don't know what it's like is to accidentally poison my baby with bad TikTok formula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you could accidentally poison your baby with like real formula too, as it turns out. Um, so like the question is, why are people looking to TikTok to fucking make baby formula, right? Like who in their right mind does that? Um, well, it turns out desperate parents yeah, there's well, a bad formula shortage. Yeah, and it's two things. Um, one is the logistics fuck-ups of COVID running for, like, everything in lockdown for two years. And, um, <clears throat> well, and then another is, like, one-fifth of the baby formula made in America was made at one plant that got shut down because it got contaminated with coronabacter, uh, shish kebab something and uh, <laughs> yeah. salmonella 
And salmonella, we all know and know it's bad. Um, yeah. But this Coronabacter stuff. So, anywho, this Coronabacter shit is wildly bad. Um, it, I mean, like a baby catches it, their odds of surviving it is really low. Um, so, yeah, I caught into some baby formula, into one-fifth of the baby formula made. At and, a specific factory in Michigan. Yeah. And um, they had to Backed shut by down. Abbott Laboratories. <laughs> they shut down the, the whole facility for a while. Um, yeah. And now the government's opening it back up with, like, mandates to not fuck up. Um, but, yeah, this yeah. was my homework assignment from Matt was reading the article from NPR about how in the fuck do you run out of baby formula? Yeah. So uh, you already touched on one of the big issues. This is what I've absorbed from the article. You know, uh, unfortunately there's only a small handful of baby formula manufacturers in the United States and to keep costs low, they centralize most of that, that production. So it's only a handful of factories from those five companies that are actually producing the formula so which why shutting one down had a huge impact on the supply chain of baby formula um another factor that was mentioned in the article is the WIC program which is a program for mothers and infants to make sure that mothers have enough food and the infants have enough formula etc um when i <clears throat> when i had my child with my ex-wife we signed up for WIC right away the second we knew she was pregnant they give you vouchers. Uh, the vouchers cover things like bread, peanut butter, milk, and formula, uh, basic human necessities, right? Yeah. And from what from what I read in the article, states part as part of the federal WIC program, states basically have to choose one supplier for their WIC, which Okay, so this has a number of effects. See, I don't want to shit on WIC at all. I think WIC's a wonderful program and it should continue to be in existence. It's one of the few positive things the government does for its people. Uh, but the way it's run is pretty shitty because states typically have to sign a contract with one supplier for them to be the WIC certified supplier. This is the stuff that you can go in with your WIC voucher and get. Now, what this means is they get the they get the majority of shelving at the grocery stores. You know, the WIC, the WIC available formula takes up the vast majority of the shelving. And in those states, it it takes away uh, the competitive urge, the competitive urge for the other companies to continue to produce or even provide it at a reasonable price. Uh, because they have to make the profit they have to make on what little they can actually sell because uh, I guess it was something as uh, the, the, this number might be off, but as much as fifty percent of all formula is bought through WIC. That's that's the number I remember. It was like it was like it was high fifties. Yeah. And they, so and I as an anecdote, I don't think I've known anybody who's had kids who wasn't on WIC. Like it's it's very gracious in who it lets in. Like yeah, like it, everybody can get in on it. Yeah, totally. And it's it's an important program, so I don't want to shit on the program. And that's what I was a little worried about reading the article is like, let's not blame let's not blame poor people for more shit. Okay. Yeah, and but, like well, somebody somebody made when they made WIC, fucking corporate interests got involved, and they're like, okay, but you can only choose one formula company, right? right. And but we'll let the states decide so that we can all fucking divvy up the country. Yeah, and, and figure out who we're gonna fucking extort for the most money because, like, they said in the article though that that WIC gets by buying in bulk, 
gets a, a pretty good, pretty good, a good deal. deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the companies that are the WIC companies, the one that the state chosen, their their money comes from the mass amount. It's not like per not per bottle is not where they're making per per can of formula is not where they're making their big money. They're making their money because they're they're selling so much of it. Yeah. Um, so it, and then the other companies, the reason formula is so expensive is because when you actually have to pay for it, they have to make their money off of the payer. The, the back of the payer on a per bottle basis. So it, it is sad. One of the new things that I guess they're doing as part of like fixing this up a little bit is allowing they're, they're encouraging or mandating that States now have to let them buy any formula with WIC at all. Just yeah. any formula, just go get it, you know, go get your formula. Um, and I think that's probably how it should have been done in the first place. Mm -hmm. Is that, because when you go to buy wick milk i don't i don't recall it being you know commissioned to one brand of milk or mm -hmm. one brand of peanut butter you could just go get peanut butter with wick if i remember correctly mm -hmm. i know and so, when i walk around the stores i see little placards that say wick certified or something like that yeah and they it's, have like a little logo of like a family and a heart yeah yeah and um <laughs> i i wonder like if like Philip Morris or something who like owns a bunch of different brand names is what they mean, you know, like this, it's worth yeah, yeah. Looking is it into. the larger, is it the larger parent company that yeah. is the actual, and it might be. Yeah. I mean, it, I just want to point out that one of the, the side effects uh, of being the formula provider for a state, like say here in Oregon is if they get the most shelf space, then the people who aren't on WIC who are paying for formula are more likely to buy that brand anyway. So they probably, right, right. They, they probably make up that discount they're giving WIC pretty substantially because numbers people's figure that shit out. Just through consumer placement. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, so thanks for doing your research there, man. I had a little bit to say. You did, I, yeah, you covered it better than I could. My brain's fucking shot from... Five and a half hours of reading the news. <laughs> Just so you know, yeah. listener, I read about 20 stories. <laughs> and, and this time we've got like seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Luckily, we had some good psychosis talk to fill in the blanks. Yeah. You get that for free, listener. Yeah, I got it for That's free and I'm passing the savings on to you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So I, hopefully... Oh, another big issue is we don't import any formula. Oh and yeah, yeah. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to leave that part unchecked. You know, and, and they say that these rules and laws are in place to protect U.S. children, but the article was saying like, well, a lot of these formulas that we refuse to import perfectly pass the FDA tests, and you could argue it's really more for corporate interests that we don't that yeah. we don't import them. And so we may be starting to do that a little bit, you know, cause like, God forbid, uh, if you don't feel you're ready to be a parent, you have an abortion, but like fuck feeding your kid. <laughs> <laughs> it actually, fuck. that, that point you just brought up about us not doing importing as one of the things floating around my, my ecosystem of thoughts around yeah. me, um, yeah. is 
you know, you can just hop on Amazon, change your location to Canada, and then order it and have it mailed, mailed here. Um, but it might get caught at the border and just seized. Um, and that that's apparently something people have been doing. And why is it that they have formula in Canada, but you can't fucking get it here? And the, the, the reasoning was just been uncovered is that we don't fucking import the shit. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, the, the tariff on it, I think if I remember correctly, was like 17%. And, and the, the thing is, is like that it's seized at the border instead of just being like, I would like to pay 17% more to feed my child. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I also, I understand the tribalist mentality of like, I don't want any fucking Canadian formula. I want American stuff. I trust the government, <laughs> you know? And it's like, uh-huh. mothers in Canada care about their babies just as much. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't, you're not, you're not a special breed. Like, you know, them Canadian mothers, they don't give a fuck about feeding their kids. Yeah. And, and I had someone say, well, why don't the mothers just use their titties? Well, it's not always a fucking option. Yeah, you exactly. Know, I, I actually, I looked into this uh, a little bit and the, like lactating is fucking work. Like the, yeah. it has to happen so many times a day. There has to be so much stimulation and you might just win the unlucky lottery of your tits. Don't do it right. Yeah, plenty of people just don't do very well at it. And, like, that's just the long and the short of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've I've heard it takes, it can take months to get a steady flow going. And that, that, that the next time you have a kid, if you got a steady flow going the first time, it snaps right back on. But that first time you have a kid, there's a chance that the baby can starve to death, even if you're doing everything right. Yeah, of course. So, um, hence baby formula. I yeah, mean, I mean, hence the miracles of modern science and why we actually have lifespans now. Yeah. 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 One of the articles I read was like, people used to have eight to ten kids and one to two of them would die. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, so, you know, if the, if the kids can't die from COVID, if they get murdered at school first, and or if they starve to death. Yeah. Or... Fuck yeah! Keeping kids from dying from COVID. <laughs> Just starve them out. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, and then if they grow up, dude, the name of this show, if you didn't catch at the top, is it's a terrible time to be young. Yeah. Um, because then I ran into do you remember when we were kids and they're like the the, the planet can't go over a degree hotter on average. And then it kind of was creeping up on a degree and we're like, oh, they're like, okay, 1.5, but that's the, that's it. Yeah. And, and well, odds are it's going over 1.5 if it hasn't already. Yeah. Um, Fuck yeah. Hot planet. <laughs> hot, yeah. Venus. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so I, I read a, I read a bunch about climate change today, okay. um, which is super depressing. And I'm going to call fucking kids today, the Atlas generation from now on, because they got the world on their shoulders. Um, yeah, well, they'll fix it. We'll I, just let them fix it. They, they are so fucked um, <laughs> because this is, this is where we're at. This is where, uh, non-partisan experts in the climate sciences are. 
they're talking about different aerosols that we can produce in mass and distribute with planes into the upper atmosphere of the sky that will reflect 1% of the sunlight back into space because that's what it'll take to keep from keep everything from turning into a desert. And that system is temporary. That's something that they have to continue doing pretty much every day, day in and day out for years to keep it effective. And, that and God knows what side effects that'll have. God knows. But one of the things it won't <sighs> fucking do is stop the acidification of the ocean. Uh-oh. Because the acidification CO2, of the ocean? Yeah, CO2 is acidic. And the ocean just absorbs it, right? So every, oh, great. every time the as the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere goes up, the ocean absorbs more of it. This is a process that even if we stop today, the ocean would suck up all the CO2 that's there and become more acidic for generations. So even if we stopped today, even if we stopped today, the ocean is fucked without actual intervention. Um, so one of the interventions, the short term interventions that they're talking about is this aerosol. Um, now, is this is this from the climate change news dot com or is this the CIGIOnline.com? Uh, Online wrote a paper about it that was cited by um, the climatechangenews.com. Oh, okay. So you followed the rabbit trail. Yeah. Okay. And um, the, so we got the aerosol and then carbon sequestration, which people are like, just plant more trees. That'll fix it. No, it won't. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they don't grow fast enough. <laughs> and yeah, the amount man. of resources you have to put into planting a forest creates a lot of CO2. Yeah. And when, when shit decays in the woods, which a lot of stuff is right now, it releases CO2. So oh, yeah. we need an artificial means. And the thing is, is this Fixing Climate Governance Series number eight that I found which is written by a bunch of experts and has a bunch of shit cited at the bottom, says that that's kind of like draining a lake through a straw. Right. So we need a lot of plants that are sequestering carbon. And I just had a fucking light bulb idea while I was reading this. Is like, uh, what do they call the carbon nanotube shit? Graphene? Yeah. Just have graphene factories just sucking the shit out of the air and putting out graphene all day long and we'll use it to build everything from now on. <laughs> That's my idea. But how do you how do you fucking power something like that, right? Because without creating more carbon. Yeah. Well there's there's good news at the end of the show. <laughs> Yay We've talked about the tokamak reactors before. If you don't remember what a tokamak is it is a donut-shaped vessel that's fucking huge that has a bunch of electromagnets around it, and you can create stable plasma fields in there. Ooh, plasma fields. Sounds super scientific. Dude, it's just hot gas. Um, <laughs> like them farts I've been ripping. Like those, except, <laughs> except controlled by magnets, so the stick uh, just sticks around. Nice, nice. Um. But in all seriousness, plasma is the fourth state of matter, they call it, which is bullshit because there's like eight states of matter, but who cares? Yeah, and, okay. Um, it's, it's susceptible to magnetic fields, so it will bind along a magnetic field and stay in the shape that the magnet is, is projecting. 
Okay. Which allows you to put plasma is very hot, very energetic, and you're able to put a lot of it inside this space, keep it energized. And the more you pump in there, the more pressure it's under. So then you have this very high pressure, very high energy environment, which is like what's going on in the star. And you start to generate um, uh, hydrogen by bumping, I think, deuterium. By means, of, by means of fusion. By means of fusion, you, you take heavier shit and you slam it together and you get a lighter element, but it's releasing a lot of energy. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the loss of mass is converted into energy. Yeah. High, high, highly energized neutrons. I, I watched the video. Cool. <laughs> did you did you catch there's a video in there of the inside of a tokamak? Yeah. Yeah, I thought you'd appreciate that. I did. I did. I did appreciate it. I wish we could just we could share it with our with our audience. But um yes. So basically you take these two heavier elements, I don't remember what they are, and by means Tritium of fusion. And okay. And by means of fusion, you slam them together, like Canada was saying, and the pressure and the heat is so intense that normally they wouldn't fuse together, but they do. And what's left is hydrogen, and the remaining mass is essentially shot out via high energy elect uh, high energy neutrons, which is why it's losing so much mass because neutrons make up a good portion of of uh, atom mass, and those are caught in in what's called a blanket in the video, mm-hmm. the blanket catches that and transfers that, uh, to power turbines, uh, wa- water powered turbines that will, uh, it, it heats water, the heated water turns turbines, which creates electricity in the standard way of spinning, a spinning a magnet around a, a wire essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the blanket is made out of uh, lithium, which oh, is nice. fairly abundant. And lithium, when hit with uh, high-energy neutrons, turns into tritium. Okay. So you get your initial tritium and deuterium is the ocean's fucking full of it. But tritium is a little bit harder to come by. It's in the ocean, but there's like, I think the article said like 20 kilograms of the stuff as bricks in the world. Um, Oh, wow. Okay. But it takes like grams to run a reactor. Uh Um. So once you have that reactor stable, it produces its own tritium. And ah. this is this is fucking above and beyond anything we've had before. Cause like normally you 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 can't really make tritium <laughs> because right. you can't fuse things, but now we have fusion, which changes the game entirely. Right. So one tokamak reactor that was not designed to generate electricity spun up for five seconds and it was five seconds because any more than that would melt the magnets that create the field because they're made oh. out of copper and not these fucking new space age uh rare earth magnets that we're used to like in everything i didn't even know you could make a magnet out of copper yeah it's an electromagnet like you take a nail and you wrap a copper wire around it and you put current through it and then the nail's a magnet put enough current through it for long enough that it magnetizes the, the nail yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. So the magnet still itself isn't made out of copper, but the copper is an essential part of the process. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, and, gotcha. Uh, that I follow. My big brain idea is like, well, if the magnet's overheating, why don't we run the water through the magnet? Uh, <laughs> call it call it a day, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they're, they're, going, they're going full scale here. Um, so the five seconds of of power produced 59 megajoules. 
I don't know what a megajoule is, but I know what a watt hour is. So that's 16, uh, <laughs> 16 kilowatt hours, which is a thousand watts. So your house, your bill comes in kilowatt hours. If yeah. you go outside and watch that little meter spin, that's what it's counting. Yeah, yeah. Um, the average household uses between 10 and 20 kilowatts, depending on how much crap's in it. Um, okay. So a five, month? Um, yeah. So, no, a day. Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay. You, you, um, you know, because, like, my comp- I have, like, a fucking array of computers in here. Um, yeah, because we're we're like some of the worst carbon footprinters. <laughs> I got my I got my Xbox sitting in sleep mode all the time. It never actually turns off. It's always using power. No, oh, my my computer is rarely ever turned off. All the TVs are in sleep mode. It's bad. I'm bad. Just the computers, the two computers I have in here when they're at full bore is something like 1.5 kilowatts. I mean, if I left if. Uh, and then I have like a screen that's like another 130 watts between the two of them. And um, so, yeah, I can I can I can probably bust out two kilowatts an hour if I really tried. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. But but the important part is, is that your average home uh, averages around 15 kilowatts. And this machine, which is not designed to generate power generated enough to run your house all day f- fucking in five seconds yeah well all day and like probably for several days i mean sixteen thousand kilo sixteen thousand watt hours it's a lot it's a lot i i mean there are people who that would last them two or three days right absolutely know? um but comfortably any you know like a family home would sit inside it sitting there for a day yeah. it'd be fine and this was in five minutes. Five seconds. Uh, five seconds. Five seconds. Nice, nice. So I don't that, know what that, what that means per per day, but that's a lot per day. It's a lot. There's a lot of five second increments in a day. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I could do the math, but I don't want to. I I kind of do. Okay, hold on. Twenty four hours times sixty minutes times sixty seconds. That gives us 86,400 seconds a day divided by five seconds. It could run 17,000 cycles. 17, that's 17,000 homes worth of power. Yeah. That's um, off of one of these generators. Yeah. And I just want to emphasize again, this thing was made for science, not generating electricity. They just happened to be able to generate that much power with the machine. So, Interesting. so there's this there's this international thermonuclear experimental reactor, better known as ITER. Um, ITER. ITER. Fuck yeah! It's it's this is a project so expensive that it's the international version. If you have to ask, you cannot afford it. Um, <laughs> they they no one's even like I looked around. No one can tell me how much this thing costs. Just that the this part is billions of dollars or they spent billions of dollars between here and here. Like it's, it's probably a trillion dollar project, and no government wants to admit how much money they've sunk into it. Right. Right. Um, it is designed to generate power and okay. um, it's designed with new magnets that can last a lot more than five fucking seconds. And it's in France and, and it's, it's working on the same, essentially the same principles as the other one. Yeah. And it's more or less. 
the the five second burst that we had back in February that was yeah. AI driven. We talked about that one. Um, so they they're going to use that same software. All the things that they've learned from from this these various tokamak reactors throughout time, um, and they're building one for power. And it is expected to just be able to power a nation. You know, it's it's able yeah. to. Uh, well, I mean, they, they said something about, like, the entire UK worth of power. Yeah. Okay. And that, I don't, I don't even know how you... <laughs> I think the way to handle that would be to generate it all to hydrogen. Like, build it next to the water and turn that water into hydrogen and then pipe the hydrogen away. Because I'm pretty sure you just fucking melt all the wires. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and the name of the article is Bottling the Sun. It's uh. so that that answers our our a lot of our climate change problem. Like you need to generate that aerosol that we're going to use. Um, right. It's a matter of time. The the fixing climate governance series number eight article. Um, most of what it's talking about is not the technology, but the bureaucracy. Um, different nations are arguing over whether or not we should do this and who will be in charge and da, 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 and because of all that there's research hangups and it's like well what should we research when we don't know what they're going to allow and it's it's all this bullshit that's got to get cut away so we can just fucking do it but that's the future is us doing that yeah because um, it's it's, it's kind of we've fallen down a rabbit hole like as a species our dicks got too big too fast and we started fucking up the planet, and now, now the only way to fix it is to keep doing the shit we're doing. Like, because like you said, man, even if we stopped, even if the fucking world came to a stop on a dime tomorrow, this is generations of problems. Yeah. And possibly unfixable. I, you know, it might, it might come down to be, I, I believe that before it gets better, it's going to come down to people living in domes. Right. And, and that that isn't just bleakness. That isn't just me sitting alone in a room in the dark here. Like <laughs> <laughs> I it's it's a lifetime of hearing the science um and being of a uh a political disposition to listen. Right. Um the th- fact that, that that this is partisan at all is really, really it's mind boggling. It's mind-boggling that this is a type of thing that, like, we can divide people with politics over because this has nothing to do with politics. I mean, I guess it does. It has to do with corporate greed and then blame, blaming it on the little guy. Because, yeah, okay, me and you are here. We got our carbon footprints, right? Our carbon footprints would fit in the tiny end of a toenail of any corporate fo- carbon footprint. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I just want to emphasize, like, I used to be left-leaning – Fuck the left. Fuck the right. This yeah. is about survival. It's about the yeah. survival of our species. And, yeah, yeah. and right now, the best way to get corporations to go along with it is to be like, look at the marvelous new aerosol and carbon sequestry industry. Isn't that? That's right. You can corner that. And yeah. we got fusion over here. You could be in charge. You could be in charge of giving us all the power. To, use, to use your greed for something good. Just, just fucking dangling a carrot on a stick in front of these assholes, trying to get them to find some business model to save the fucking planet. 
you know, it's sad because like, I agree with this hippie concept of all you have is now. And like, you know, thinking about the future too much causes anxiety and thinking about the past too much causes depression and all that. I mostly agree with that, but also, um, shut the fuck up and think about what we're doing and how it's <laughs> affecting the fucking future. The future doesn't just manifest of nothing. It is literally a result of your present. Yeah. And the you anxiety know? you feel about the future, should it be that anxious? Maybe. You know what I mean? Like, sh- yeah. maybe you should be that anxious in order to prevent the anxiety of the future, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It... It's like I said a, a little bit ago. Like I really like it popped into my head. It's like I I want us to call the kids today the Atlas generation because Atlas held the fucking world on his shoulders. Yeah, dude. And I, they need a fucking roadmap. Uh, <laughs> I wanna because they need a roadmap. There's where I can laugh because I wasn't gonna laugh, but that's kind of funny. Okay. Well, fuck yeah. Yeah, I guess that's the show, people. Thanks for listening. <laughs>